She says that art is supposed to make you both think and feel. And through her work as a folk, abstract, and surrealist artist, Dawn Tree is speaking out visually to provoke thought of community, humanity, spirituality, and connections of present and past. I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading Podcast. Dawn Tree is owner of Art House Underground Tree Studios, and she divides her time residing in both Tulsa and eastern, the eastern region of Ghana. And recently, uh, she leading up to the 100-year commemoration of the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921, Dawn published a graphic art history book in 2019 entitled Tulsa's Black Wall Street, A Modernized Revelation. On this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast, we're going to find out more about Dawn Tree's evolving career and what motivates her and her message. Dawn, welcome to the Spirit of Leading podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, uh, I want to tell our uh, listeners that uh, I brought my little traveling studio into your studio so that we can kind of be in your environment. This is where the magic happens in your art world, right? It's true. This is where I spend most of my time creating. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. I want you to be in this environment as we talk about kind of your work and your career and what you uh, see and hope for yourself and what you're trying to accomplish because uh, you are, your career is growing. It's starting to sort of blossom. It's starting to take, uh, I would say it's probably already taken root. People are starting to notice you and things are, start, things are growing for you. And I'm excited about that for you. Oh, thanks. It, but kind of like any career, a career starts someplace that you enter your work at a particular time, at a particular moment in your life, and then uh, you go somewhere with that. And your career started kind of in a university where you majored in journalism, I believe, right? True. True, true journalism. And yeah. then, but now here you are as what you call a uh, abstract surrealist artist. So tell me, what was, what was that journey that got you from journalism into what you're doing into where you are now? Uh, well, art has always been, you know, on my mind, I would say. When I was seven years old, I was uh, kind of entered into a contest. I drew a horse and I won. I'm not sure what place, but I won. Um, so went through that process of framing it in North Carolina. And so that was exciting. Right. Um, but then, uh, as I grew older, I have always been somewhat of an introvert. I've kind of moved out of that now, but I would paint, uh, and draw in my free time. So upon going to the university of Oklahoma, I, they had an art gallery in the student union. So I decided to put some of my pieces in there. And then, uh, one day I was walking outside and I got a call that I had sold some art. And so, you know, and they said, uh, nobody sells art <laughs> like in the studio. So I was really excited, one, to get a check from the university, and then two, to be uh, influential enough to sell artwork, you know? Yeah, somebody, somebody noticed it. Said, right. Wow, well, I like that. That speaks to me in mm -hmm. some way. And so yeah. I want that. So one of the pieces that was in the gallery that I recall uh, was of Africa, actually. And it had, um, I think the outline of Africa was white and the background was black. And it had different terms that resonated with my state of being in America, as well as my, at the time, my understanding of Africa and my roots mm -hmm. uh, in America. Back then, I think my artwork was more um, just 
you know, non-abstract, I would have to say, you know, it was literal in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I've kind of evolved into more of a abstract surrealist uh, aspect. And so that is associated with emotion, if anything. Uh, the colors I associate with emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jackson Pollock and Basquiat are pretty big mm-hmm. inspirations of mine. So I paint on the ground mostly and I do this control drip um, technique. So, yeah, yeah, I've seen a video of you doing some work uh, outdoors. Right. So. At times I, I live paint. You, are you performing a paint? Uh, what is that live paint? environment like um if anything i'm soaking up the emotion that's in real time Mm -hmm. rather than reflective of kind of the emotion that i associate with different things for instance um i was uh commissioned to do a live painting for john hope franklin their commemoration i think 2018 uh for the massacre right Mm -hmm. and so that feeling itself was very heavy i had actually um kind of drafted out some uh, emotion and feeling that I wanted to present in the painting just so I could execute it well. So, you know, and it was very daunting and it was hot during the summertime. Right. So if anything, I feel like it's a, um, a call, uh, from the most high to do this type of work. Cause it's social justice. It's not mm-hmm. just out here, you know, painting just to paint. Right. Well, it, it's as you, as you were describing your process, the process of going through that, Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things went through my mind. First of all, was that uh, you, uh, you it was it wasn't entirely spontaneous. It, was, it might be more what you might call extemporaneous. Uh, you give some thought to what you're going to say, but then when you start your presentation, you really are coming off from your heart and off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Whatever you're putting out there is what you're feeling and seeing and thinking at that time. Uh, even though you might have given a little bit of thought to kind of what you might do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the the live painting aspect. Now, just in this newer season, I'm being commissioned um, and given the time and the space to actually create uh, premeditatively. Mm-hmm. So if anything, it gives me more time to reflect on the true message that I want to put out. Yeah. Well, they both have an interesting dynamic to them. If anything, that, that releases the nerves, you know, when it's coming from your heart. And this is, if anything, the passion that we're and purpose that we're living out mm-hmm. in real time so identifying your passion a purpose i would say is deaf both i would say is um key for me it was key for me in terms of executing what i'm doing right now right. and as you said before my career is growing more legs i know uh, i moved to the east coast uh, dc right after university and I started to sell more work and uh, basically create my own spaces and start ex- exhibiting in the city, mm-hmm. marketing my own shows and all of that. And that grew confidence within me. Uh, and so, you know, I feel like not necessarily validated on the East Coast or anything like that because I have exhibited in Philly, New York, different places. But when it comes to Oklahoma, I think their appreciation for art is definitely different. Uh, so, you know, the fact that I'm I'm garnering more respect in that yeah. in my field is right. definitely uh, exciting. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a give and take. 
there's an exchange going on mm-hmm. that, uh, that affects both. And that kind of uh, takes me to where I wanted to go with ask you about your work in Ghana, because I know you've spent quite a, a bit of time over there in the last few years. So mm-hmm. how, how did that come about and how is that uh, experience uh, impacting the kind of artist that you're becoming? Uh, I would say 2014, um, a organization contacted me, volunteer organization, and requested that I do some pro bono work. And so, you know, it was coming from Ghana, so I was like, okay. So uh, it was a, did I say volunteer organization? So I created their logo, and then after that, he said that he has a tourism company and he would like more marketing. So I said, well, how about we work out where I come and you take care of some of the the costs, and, and we work it out, you know, basically where I reside there, we travel, and I do marketing for you. So I spent six months in 2014 there, and that just opened in my life. It changed my life. Being on African soil, uh, witnessing the culture, the people, the hospitality, mm-hmm. I mean, it sincerely uplifted me in ways I never knew I could be uplifted. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And I'm not even sure if that's where I'm from, you know what I'm saying? Right. But you have women, the sisterhood is a whole nother level. The appreciation for black women is a whole nother level. Exchanging currency with your brothers and sisters on a daily basis is just, if anything, uplifting. Mm-hmm. Right, so coming back to America, I definitely had culture shock. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I realized that, okay, I'm definitely validated being myself and right. being a black queen, empress, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. me. And uh, if anything, it really called out more adversity in America, mm-hmm. I would say, with my own culture. Because if they haven't experienced that, they're looking at me like, okay, who's this girl showing up thinking she's this, you know, right. or knowing she's this. And... Um, yeah, it showed me a lot. It gave me a different perspective. I think, you know, initially it didn't really, I mean, subconsciously, I guess it affected my artwork, but I also have gone through stages where I haven't been able to really create. Like there's been, you know, artistic blocks Mm -hmm. and I'll revert to writing or graphic work, graphic artwork. And so since then, I've been back to Ghana twice. Mm -hmm. So I've been to Ghana three times in total. And the last time I went, it was for an actual artist residency. So as the years have gone on, in order to sustain, I've had to do graphics, web design, marketing. But in this new season, I'm able to more so focus on the art, which is my heart, right? Right. So teaching it, creating it primarily, and selling it. Um, And also speaking about it. Because there's a social message involved, a political message involved with the art. You know, it would be easy for me to paint a face of someone, but if anything, I'm trying to channel the current times and also process my own emotions and not be down or depressed or trapped in my own, not head, but the environment of America uh, and the world. Because it's horrific out here. How does that experience uh, affect 
the art that you choose to produce. Uh, are you trying to express a message or is it just sort of what's coming to you at the moment uh, as it relates to a particular issue or topic? Mm, I think uh, initially say when I moved to DC, that's when I really started getting into the abstract art. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if you look at my earlier works, which off, most of them have sold, but it was very controlled um, in terms of the way I would drip the paint. I would let it sit. I might work on two to three paintings at the same time and really do, if you look at a motherboard or a logic board of a computer, it mm -hmm. reminded me of that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't feel much control in my work life. Uh, and so that transcended into uh, my work, right? I would ride the train in at night. I mean, in the morning, early morning, it was dark. And then when I got off of work, it was usually dark. Um, I didn't really have much control in terms of how I transported to my job. And then at the actual job, I was working at a nonprofit in D.C. Uh, I didn't have much, much control. You know, I felt mm -hmm. like I was... Uh, definitely a person of color, I am, and I was being not acknowledged appropriately. So I felt a lot of lack of control, and so I channeled that in my artwork mm -hmm. and um, also my spoken word as well. So, you know, that was the initial. Uh, I started to really focus on the young people as well. Uh, the nonprofit I was working with, we encouraged young people to start their own business, but, you know, I was the only African-American there. And so we're working with inner city black kids. And, you know, my counterparts are, are white and they're having more leadership roles. And, you know, it was just very disappointing and hurtful because mm -hmm. I had come from Oklahoma trying to get away from this racial uh, dynamic, right? And I only go thousands of miles away to experience the same thing on a global level because most of these people have been out the country, you know, and it's a whole nother type yeah. of global racism. Yeah. So, and at the time I hadn't been to Africa yet. So, um, so yeah, that was the sole purpose. It was pretty selfish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then as I have evolved, I would say that, you know, I somehow hold emotion for other people and my race in particular. So this piece behind your head right here was actually created because of a hurricane that it happened in Texas. Um, so there was a lot of water, uh, flooding. Um, and so I reflected on that. And then all the displaced people, you know, even can associate with Katrina as well. But, um, you know, so yeah, I, I hold emotion for other people and circumstances and that shows up in my work. Uh, the show that you recently came to, the Greenwood Joy Experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's in commemoration of the 1921 race massacre. But I didn't want to reflect on pain. I wanted to reflect on joy. So if anything, I wanted to shift an emotion from okay. pain to now joy and the solutions that come with that. So I looked at financial payback um, as well as spiritual healing was an aspect. These are uh, key things that we need, ownership are, that we need in order to achieve joy as African-Americans in right. our reality right now. And so I was trying to be more of a, a visionary, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense, and not just reflect on 
what had already happened, but also just right. move into how we can solve problems. Because, yeah, well, that uh, brings out an aspect of uh, art that uh, I think we ought to all recognize is that not only can art uh, uh, reflect on what already has happened in the past, but it also can, uh, can show you the influence of what can possibly happen going forward. As, you're, as you just uh, commented on the change from, uh, from uh, the idea of the, 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 the destruction, everything of 1921, into the positive things that can come going forward if we sort of change a little, you know, are able to, to, to adopt and change our attitudes and, op- and, and, and perspectives on some things. Mm-hmm. So right. how do, do, you, do you think that uh, you can convey a message of joyfulness uh, directly through uh, your uh, your work that, that, that could actually affect people in kind of a positive way that way? Yeah, I mean, I, I the three-month show that was presented, I do feel like it influenced the environment, uh, even if they didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> even if they didn't know. Right. They didn't quite realize that. Yeah, so. I mean, I think um, humanistically, we have somewhat of a problem uh, actually showing credit uh, and uh, and acknowledging the experiences that we're going in. And that may be based off of historical trauma, who knows? But, um, you know, some people don't know how something is actually affecting them and won't acknowledge it either, you know, but art has a true and historical uh, lineage in affecting the environment. It, 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 well, it does. And not only that, but uh, in fact, affecting kind of how we, we begin to see ourselves. Sometimes we see a piece of art uh, or the work of an artist and we think, oh, uh, and it, all, it kind of calls yourself into question if you're, if you're a person who is able to do that, is to allow themselves to reflect on themselves and then say, oh, well, I think I could do better or I should be doing better or I should be more aware of my brothers and sisters around the world or the way I'm affecting the environment and all those other kinds of things. Uh, I holistically agree. Um, There's a painting I have. I mean, a lot of my paintings, I grow within the painting, right? And I detox emotions. I've heard artists talk about the ex- their experience of their art and how it changes them as they go through the process. Uh, what experience have you had of, of, the, of the only way that your art has affected you while you're doing the art? Well, I have a, a, ser- a couple of pieces called Blackbird, right? And those pieces started out kind of being more reflective of Native culture. Uh, and then as time passed, I actually was reflecting more inward, you know, like I am associated with native culture. My sister-in-law is Creek. And so that's been in my family for, you know, her culture has been in our family for a while. Right. But I was, I wanted to reflect more on myself. So, um, the first one is kind of whimsical. It's reflective of a bird. It doesn't necessarily look like it. And then I've added quite a bit of black to it and then gold, gold leaf. I started using gold leaf. And then the next one that I did was more brash. Uh, and the bird, if anything, is actually kind of forcing its way into the space. And then it's also um, mm, kind of 
self-aware of the environment but not caring about the environment Mm -hmm. and so the bird has evolved at this point yeah so uh yeah definitely you know putting putting every drip on the on the wood certainly you know takes me closer to realizing my own internal conflicts and also uh, how i want to move forward in that well, that's the life of an artist, too, because I think artists uh, always are uh, reflecting on how they are coming through in the story or in the song or in the art or in the painting or the sculpture or whatever it might be. And uh, they, an, artist is, an artist is changed in the process of the doing of the work. Yeah, possibly. Unless you're just drawing a face. Unless you're just drawing a face. And then you're not really doing the work. You're just sort of amusing yourself, I suppose. Copying. I kind of like that into anyone who's doing work, because I think work is art. Yeah. uh, I mean, I don't disagree. uh, There's people really put themselves into it and and bring something forth from themselves. Uh, That is a creative process, and they're offering something that is a manifestation of who they are in that work in that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, when people get into that space, their work takes on a different meaning to them. That's why I think in our workplace, we have people who really give heart and soul to what they're doing because that work is an expression of themselves and other people just don't care. And so they're just passing time. They're just exchanging time for dollars and they're not really present in their work. They're not really Mm -hmm. present in their space. They're just on their way someplace else and it's not really connecting. Right. So you can find that in any field. In any place, exactly. That's kind of my point, is that, is that uh, the mind and heart of the artist is that they can't do anything less than put their whole heart and soul into that work. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's something that, uh, it, that is uh, what they do, uh, and if they're not doing that, they're doing something a little bit less than art, in a sense. I would say a lot of my pieces I've never recreated. Um, a lot of these are just original, straight up. Um, I know I've encountered quite a few artists. If something sells, they'll like create it over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. I might create a print. I started doing that kind of later on too. Well, you know, you can go to art shows and see that. Mm-hmm. You can say everything looks almost exactly the same with mm-hmm. the just slight variations. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they got one thing and then they just keep painting that same thing over and over and over again. And that's kind of, frankly, to me, that's a little bit boring. And that's why I like to see stuff that uh, I think is fresh and new, and and it's, and it's not the same. It's not the same exact thing over and over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've made, uh, authors are the same way. I mean, publishing has made authors the same way. Well, that's sold. Let's write another one just exactly like it, but let's just change the character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that kind right. of thing. Or a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a movie. I've seen that movie over and over and over again. I use this a formula. Mm-hmm. You know exactly when a certain kind of song's going to play. You know a certain exactly what the pattern of the emotion's going to be, and it's going to resolve a certain way. Right. There's no surprise. And that's to make a dollar. Yeah, so I'm not really reflective on right. art. Um, I mean, it's good to make a living as an artist, right? Yeah. But... I'm not, that's not my sole purpose is to make money. And so I think that's what fuels some people. And that's when you get into that repetition a lot. Right. Well, that's when you become what I'll call a commercial artist mm-hmm. and uh, not really, you know, a, a, an, art, an artist from the place that we've been talking about. Right. So I spend a lot of time in nature, uh, which inspires me and doing things that I really love to do, like travel. Uh, that really inspires me. Reading in ways. I'm mm-hmm. a journalist, so I skim a lot. I don't necessarily <laughs> like read 
holistically, but, you know, learning facts and uh, certain social issues in different countries. I know doing the residency in Ghana for five months where I studied, like, the electricity, the water, the politics of it all, uh, if anything, that definitely inspired those works that are mm-hmm. still there in Ghana. I know you talk to a lot of to young people a lot, and I want to ask a couple of questions about that. Uh, when you talk to these young people, what kind of advice do you give them? What, mes- what message do you want to bring to these young people in their high school years that you think uh, will, will, will help them in their own life as they move forward and make some important choices about where they're going to go? Uh, first and foremost, uh, anything that you express is art, number one. Mm-hmm. And then there's really no mistakes in art, you know? Like, even if you're painting, uh, it can dry, and you can paint over it. Don't trip. Yeah. Yeah, that's the main thing. Well, I, that's, a, that's a great uh, lesson to learn, too, because we all try to be perfect. And uh, you know, the, the perfect implies that there is a certain way to be. And that sometimes that robs us of our authenticity, who we who we are. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully we'll help people to be authentic and as excellent version of themselves as they can be. It's true. Youth are our future. And, you know, here in Oklahoma, they are sad, I feel like. And a lot of them aren't living to their best potential based off of the community around them. Uh, maybe their parents and schooling, who knows, the systems around them. So, you know, being an art teacher is uh, definitely something that I pride myself in. I don't have any kids myself, so I think that gives me even more pa- capacity to mm-hmm. care. Uh, so, so yeah. Wonderful. Well, listen, it's a delight to talk to you, Dawn, and uh, thank you for letting us come into your studio in your place to be surrounded by your work and have this conversation. I want to encourage everyone to uh, make an effort to get to know you. And uh, you can see your art, and uh, you have uh, online uh, ways that you can uh, can uh, contact you and inquire about uh, commissions to your art and things of that nature and see where you're going to be next or where your art's going to be shown. Right. So uh, we want people to be sure and, uh, and uh, check that out. I have some artwork online uh, posted, just a small collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a youth economic fund that... Uh, people can donate to, which uh, enables the programming for the youth to actually take place. So wonderful. Yeah, and I want to thank you for you know coming to my studio and taking the time to pick my brain a little bit. <laughs> well, I enjoyed the conversation, and I, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to having uh, many many more with you about this topic. I think there's still uh, you as an artist and many others like you out there who are doing their uh, giving their heart and soul you know every day to try and and make a positive impact, you know, in their communities and, and on the world. And the thing about art is like anything else that you leave for someone else is you never know who's going to come down the road years later in other places and see it and be affected by it. And, uh, and, and it causes them to be, you know, a better person or have more empathy or to a little bit more introspective about certain things. It wakes them up. And so... Uh, that's, I think, one of the real values of art is not just the moment, but the, the legacy of it, mm-hmm. you know, and how it endures. So. I think about 
uh, Egyptian hieroglyphs and cave drawings, you know, mm -hmm. you're still studying that to this day. To this day, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and being amazed by it, you know, that those people back there were much like us today. <laughs> we just didn't know, we just know, can't quite comprehend that. So yeah. fascinating. Well, listen, uh, thanks so much for uh, inviting us in, like I said, and I want to encourage people to, uh, to look at your website and to get to know you a little bit more personally. That's Dawn Tree. She's an abstract surreal artist uh, working uh, as Underground Tree Studios here in Tulsa. And uh, my guest this uh, on this episode of the Spirit of Leading podcast. Well, that's it for this installment of the Spirit of Leading, and I want to thank you for listening. I also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. When you join the Empowered, you get a notification of my latest podcast or the last post in my weekly Empowering Thoughts series. So please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy to make your world more wholesome and joyful. Encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters. Thank you.